So rather than just letting it be the way that it always is or be the way that it is just because that was the choice, perhaps experiment with a couple of things and see what feels like, oh yeah, that's a pretty comfortable-ish position. Once you get to this comfortable-ish position, decide there's no pain in your lower back, no pain around the back of the pelvis, SI joint, sacral area, no pain in the groin, or the neck. If there is, if you inspect that there's sensation there that's unwise, then adapt what you're doing now. And once you're sure it's not causing pain, it's not bothering your hips or your spine, just be as still as you can be. And once you get to a place that's fairly still, you try to hold your body still. It's not always the experience, but oftentimes that physical stillness doesn't equate even remotely to mental stillness. Quite the opposite, oftentimes. Like, oh man, my mind is noisy. You don't have to have your eyes closed. You can always choose to have them open and fixed on a point if you prefer. But the whole idea is you have to give your mind something to pay attention to. You have to make this choice of what you're going to focus on. So bring it in from the outside. First, you good amount of noise outside. So can you hear the noise that's outside? It is here in the present moment. It's important not to use the practice as something to use as detachment or avoidance, but really as something that allows you to notice. So notice the sound. That sound won't change, but you can change your focal point to something else in the present moment. So bring your attention now to whatever surfaces of your body have contact with the floor. Be it the legs, the feet, some portion of the arm, perhaps all of the arm, it depends on how you're situated, but notice what's touching the ground. Move the attention away from the sound and to the contact your body has with surface. further, something else in the present moment, move your attention to your breath. And in particular, notice as you breathe, how the surface of the body and how it contacts the floor changes, even if it feels slight. Now the mind will wander as much as you try. There will be thoughts. It will move around. It will make demands of you. But just see, can you draw your attention to what you're attempting to pay attention to? For example, I can't make that guy be quiet. He's doing that. We can't ignore it. 
in that sense. I can't make him stop, but you can choose to pay attention to something else, like your breath. This is called advanced practicing. Just having a real go. This would be really good on the audio. I know, what's happening out there? So go back. Go back to your breath over and over and over again. I know it's hard. Trust me. So now take your attention from your breath and from the guy outside to how your body's shaped in space and just bring your feet in and put them on the floor. So feet hip distance, knees roughly hip distance. So when I say hip distance, it depends on your perception of that. And some of you have your feet the distance apart that your, the width of your pants would be around the edges of your pelvis, which is actually quite a bit wider than where your hip joint sits in space. So your hip joint is just a little bit wider than your sit bones. See if you can figure out how wide your sit bones are and bring your feet to roughly just a tiny bit wider than that. And then wherever your arms are in space, bring them to your sides. See if you can get the palms turned up. And once the palms are turned up, bring your elbows in until it feels like your elbows are roughly the same distance away from the sides of your mat as your shoulders. You can just let the arms relax, the palms open, fingers relax once you get there. So now just notice contact, back of your pelvis, upper back, back of your head, all contacting one surface at the same level. And then there's the lower back moving away from the floor, the neck moving away from the floor. So how do those points work with one another in your own body? And then take your block and put it between your inner thighs, this skinny way. You can return your arms back to the place that they were. And if your feet feel like they're too wide once you have the block, then you can wiggle the feet a little bit closer together. Exactly. Look at Jan, the block. So just arms at your sides now. So now with the block between the thighs, feet roughly block distance apart instead of hip distance apart. So if they're too wide, narrow them. So start to play with some effort. Squeeze into the block. Squeeze into the block and just notice where the sensation sits. And you can pulse into the block or you can squeeze and hold. But the prop isn't there as a beginner's tool. It's there to teach you where sensation is. So where are the muscles that hug the legs together? Where do they feel like they sit for you? We call this the uh, chief thigh master. And then you can set the block to the side and just get rid of it and take your hands to the outside edges of your thighs. So where the seam of your pants runs up the outside edges. 
Once you have your hands on the outside edges of your thighs, press your hands into your thighs so they're acting as traction or as resistance. And at the same time, press your thighs out into your hands. Now you can pulse into your hands and you may need to take your knees a little bit wider to truly find where the muscles are, but where are the muscles in the outer hip that take the legs apart? Where do they sit for you? And once you find those, just return your arms to your sides and have your feet roughly hip distance, your knees roughly hip distance. Notice the shape of the spine. Let your skeleton rest on the floor. And then put a little bit of effort into how you're holding it there. So keeping the thighs the distance apart that they are, squeeze them together in effort as if the block was there. Don't want to move any closer though. And press them apart in effort as if your hands were there. So can you let those two little efforts fight one another? Now if it's hurting your groin or hurting your lower back or it feels at all unwise, do less or none. Be in constructive rest instead. Now take a breath in as you let these leg muscles fight or as you hang out in constructive rest. And as you exhale, think about the sides of your waist pulling in just enough so that maybe the lower back and mid-waist feel supported. And then going back to relaxing, back to your breath instead. Let the muscles go. And then reach your arms up to the ceiling over top of your shoulders. So just straight up to the lights overhead. Ceiling, light, there we go. Oh, I only had to say it twice, you guys win. I said, look at your arms with your eyes. Turn your palms to face one another for now. And then look at your arms above your elbows where your biceps sit. And turn your biceps to face roughly backwards towards the back of the room or towards the entry. So once you have your biceps turned straight back, bring your elbows to shoulder distance apart. Even if that means your hands get wider than your shoulders, that's fine. Parallel your upper arms with one another instead of worrying about the hands. You need to look your head to look at your arms to get the upper arms at shoulder distance at the elbow. You can, it's perfectly fine. Now keep your upper arms where they are. And you keep the biceps rotating towards the back of the room, but turn your palms to face the front of the room. Now go back and forth between that, turning the lower arm bones around one another without letting it impact the shoulder. How do you do that? And once you figure out how to do that, keep your palms facing my side of the room, your biceps facing Janet's side of the room, and pull your fingers back towards the floor and spread them out. Now if you've figured out that when you have your elbows at shoulder distance, that your hands are wider than shoulder distance, now some of you have your palms facing the floor instead of the ceiling. Flip the palms the other way. If your fingernails are facing the ceiling, go the other direction and then have your fingers facing the back of the room, not the front. There we go. Now if your elbows are wider than your shoulders, your hands will be wider than your shoulders. Or your elbows are at shoulder distance, your hands will be wider than your shoulders. And if your hands are wider than your shoulders, turn them out a few degrees, at least a good 10 or so, so that your fingers and your palms are aiming out towards the back corners of your mat a bit. Okay, now go back down to the legs. Squeeze in, press out with the hips. Find the muscles around the waist that hold the lower back stiff, stable and steady. 
Now I want you to imagine the ceiling weighed 3,000 pounds. Press the fingers up towards the ceiling some. Press the base of the fingers, the top of the palm up towards the ceiling. Press it up more like you were doing an all fours position. You were trying to lift the heel of your hand up off the floor. Good. Now keep your elbows straight and straighten them out a lot so you find your triceps just above your elbow on the back of your arm. Now at the same time, keep your elbows straight but fight like the ceiling weighed a lot and your biceps were starting to work so much because the elbows want to bend but don't actually let them bend. Have them stay very straight. Be working. Some of you are shaking. All right, bring your arms down and relax. Let go. Come back to your breath instead of so much physical work. Again, just go back to noticing where your skeleton is in space. Add a little bit more to this. So bring your hands up to the crease of your hips, right where the thigh bones meet your pelvis, where the pants are folded. There you go. Now imagine the block was there. Give me the squeeze in, press out. Now come up onto just the balls of your feet, so lift your heels up off the floor. Now the degree to which your hip is folded, with this squeeze in, press out, can you keep your hip folded to this degree? Just pick your right foot up off of the floor, start to straighten your right knee out until your right shin is parallel with the ceiling. So right knee bent to, you know, 45 or 70 degrees or so but hips still at the same amount of bend. There you go, good. Then bring the right foot down and pick the left one up. So can you keep the hips folded as is and unfold the knee just to a place where the shin is parallel to the floor? That's it. Good. And then go back to the other side. Now you go back and forth, figure out how to stabilize the hip as you fold and unfold the knee. And eventually, if it feels wise and it doesn't hurt the lower back, your SI joints, the sacral region, your groin, maybe you pick both feet up off of the floor at the same time. The hips will stay folded to the degree they are. Perhaps you leave your feet on the floor or you just go one foot at a time instead. But once you decide if your feet are going to be up or down, hold them in the place that they are and then bring your arms up to the ceiling and mimic the arm position you were doing before. As if you were doing a table position on your back. Like the ceiling is the floor, spine is in your personal, neutral, constructive rest shape. So the squeeze in, press out, the stabilization around the waist, the backs of the forearms working, upper arms. Elbow, shoulder distance, hands perhaps a little wider, a little turned out to accommodate. Notice how that feels. Where is that in space? And then rest, and you can roll yourself to whatever side you like and come up and over and onto all fours. Now once you're on all fours, just start again. The ceiling will now become the floor. So you'll have to position things in a different order, but look at your arms first. Turn your biceps to face fairly straight forward. Once you get the biceps facing fairly straight forward, bring your elbows to shoulder distance, even if that means taking the hands wider than your shoulders. Okay, once you have your hands down, they're wider than your shoulders, turn them out a few degrees, and frankly, most people could use some turnout anyway. 
and spread your fingers out. Now notice the back of your head, upper back, back of pelvis. So think of if the floor was behind you. Neutralize your neck, neutralize your lower back. Now if you had your hand in your hip crease right now, you'd notice it's bent to 90 degrees. So can you move your knees back behind your pelvis a little bit or behind the hip joint and mimic what you were doing lying down? And now once you have your skeleton in place, you start from one end and work all the way up and over. So squeeze in with the hips, press out with the hips. The muscles around your waist to work. Make sure the neck is neutral for you. Now go back into the hands. Press your hands down, but think about peeling the heel of the hand up away from the floor. And if you need to peel it up away from the floor, find your forearm grip muscles and pick it up. And keep your elbows straight in position. Use your triceps to do that. But let your biceps fight like you were going to bend your elbows, but don't actually let them bend. Now notice sensation, because if your wrists are bothering you, move your shoulders back behind your wrists some and walk your knees back a little bit. Or walk your hands a bit in front of your shoulders so that you're not bothering your wrist. Now hold, breathe. Now perhaps you flip your feet the other way, like plank feet, and play with the idea of what would it be like to keep the arms really stable, the hips and waist really stable. What would it be like to hover the knees off the floor a quarter of an inch or a centimeter here in the UK? Perhaps hovering the knees up off the ground is going to make the wrists or the lower back or the groin hurt. So if that's the case, don't do it. Or if you do it and it bothers you, bring your knees back down. And at any point, you can do this lying on your back like you did before instead of doing this up and over and upright. Perhaps you go in and out of lifting the knees up a little bit, or maybe you hold them, or maybe you do none of it. But when you figured out how that works, then just flip yourself around and lie down on your back. This time, you're going to lie down on your prop. So if you have a bolster, you can put your tush up on the bolster and lie back up and over it. If your torso is longer and you need two blocks at the end of the bolster for your head, you can put the two blocks on the back end of it so that you're not hanging over the back. You have something that supports the pelvis all the way through the rib cage. So sit up and onto the bolster instead of sitting on the floor in front of it. Yeah. And if once you get up there, your head is hanging off the back, put some blocks behind it so your head's not hanging off the back of that bolster. Thank you, Zachary. And then you bend your knees and put your feet on the floor. Now some of you have your butt on the floor instead of on the bolster or on the blankets. Get all the way up onto the prop. That's it. All right. Now make sure it feels fairly stable. If it feels too wobbly, then adapt to what you're doing some. Feet up off the ground, you wouldn't fall. 
Don't do it. Well, you can to test it, I suppose. Why not? All right. Now, feet hip distance, knees hip distance, and you can have your arms at your sides, whatever feels wise. And come back to your breath. Once you have this situated, find a little bit of stability. Take your arms up to the ceiling like you were doing all fours in the arms at least. Your distance apart of the hands, your turnout that works for you. Good. And elbow, shoulder distance instead of hands. Brilliant. Now go into the hips. Squeeze in, press out, side waist pulling in. Now just the right leg, come up onto the ball of the right foot. Start to straighten your right knee until your shin is parallel with the floor. Now once you have the right leg, if this is bothering your lower back or your groin or it feels unstable, then you figure out how to adapt it. That means bringing the foot down at any time, go ahead. Now your props are a certain height away from the floor. This right leg, you're going to start to unravel it, straightening the right knee, unfolding the hip until your right leg hovers above the floor at the height of your props. Yep. Good. And then simultaneously, knee and hip will start to refold. Bend the knee, bend the hip, return the leg back to where you started. Now foot up off the floor though, shin parallel to the ceiling. There you go. Okay, now go from shin parallel to the ceiling. Start to unfold the hip and the knee at the same time until the leg is hovering up off of the floor, the same height as your prop. There you go. And then refold it back to where that right leg began. And go in and out with it. How do you get this leg to go from what was all fours to what would look a lot like plank on the right side? Now you can't kick your right foot up to the ceiling and get plank to happen. You have to slowly unfold it and slide it across at block height or bolster height or blanket height. So in and out you go. When you figure out how to straighten this right knee and unfold the hip, if you want to hold the leg out, if it's bothering your spine, bothering your lower back or groin, deep in the abdomen, stop. You can always get off the props too. But when you figure out this right leg, then you can put the right foot on the floor eventually, no rush, and try the left one. Your arms feel like they're falling off at any point. You can always lower them for a moment and then take them back up. Right, elbows straight, elbow shoulder distance. Imagine the ceiling was very heavy. Fold and unfold and fold and unfold until you figure out how that left hip works, how the left knee works, how you move those components without it impacting your shoulders or your arms. Now, if all that's working, at a certain point when you get the leg out, maybe you slide the other one out to meet it and you hover in a flying plank on your back. Now, it's going to take a heck of a lot of abdominal stability and it might be tremendously unwise. But where are the muscles that stabilize your spine? How do you get those legs out there? Rest. 
your feet back down on the ground. Take a pause. Come down, go back to your breath. Now, if you have two blocks under your head, you may only need to get rid of one. Some of you might need to get rid of both of them. But take just enough out from behind your head and scooch back maybe an inch or two so it feels like your shoulders are just a tiny bit up and over the back of that bolster. Not a ton, just a tiny bit. Now once you're up and over a tiny bit, it's bothering your neck or bothering your upper back or shoulder in some way, you feel free to slide the block back in. You can interlace your fingers behind your head at this point. Come back to feet hip distance, knees hip distance. Stabilize the hip and knees, squeeze in, press out, sides of your waist working. Now you notice you're in this little bit of a back bend where the, this wouldn't be anything like a table shape or a plank shape. So up in the top of your abdomen where the rib cage ends at the front. Start to contract and see if you can lift your chest and head up just enough that you're hovering at prop height. Can you do it without letting the neck get too terribly involved? And then back down. And up and down, we'll call these mini incline sit-ups, aka an exploration of where the muscles at the top of your abdomen are. Something to pay attention to. Now if it's bothering some portion of your body and your intuition is telling you it's not wise, then stop. You can Always take the props out. Maneuver yourself in a way that works for you. Be very gentle. Now, whenever you figure out where those muscles are, if you're doing that part, when you contract and hover, then take your arms up to the ceiling. Just hold the hover, or you can, if that's too much, bring your head back down. Now, once you're holding the hover, contracting the abdomen, Maybe you take one leg out, slide it, and hover it up off of the ground at prop height. And maybe you either switch legs or bring the other one out to meet it, like you were doing plank lying down. And maybe you never need to do another plank after that, ever in your life. And then when you figure that out, relax, let go. If you want to put the block in back under your head, go ahead. Just take a moment, back to your breath. The whole thing is just an exploration. For you to make choices around, you figure out how you work, what works for you what works for you in relation to what's being offered, which means at any point it can be lying down. And you feel ready to get up off the props and get yourself up off the props and move them to the side and come up and over back to that table position. Now 
first thing would be to situate yourself in your skeleton. So your knees a little bit back behind your hips. Put your hands down and first biceps forward, elbow shoulder distance. Hands as wide and as turned out as you need to accommodate for that. And if you want to even do a little slide forward, slide back so you can feel the wrist folding and unfolding. If it feels all, at all unwise in the inside or outside edge or deep in the wrist, you turn the hands out a bit more or move them in front of your shoulders a bit. And then either have your shoulders over your wrists or a little bit behind them. So now legs are in place, arms are in place, get the spine in place. So neck, your personal neutral. Lower back, your personal neutral. Flip your feet over like plank feet. And now you have to stabilize the whole thing. So squeeze in with the hips, press out. Like blocks and hands on the edges of your thighs. Then waist, without changing the spine. So let the spine stay your neutral. And find the forearm grip muscles. Think about trying to take the heel of the hand up off of the floor so your forearms start working. And then bicep, tricep, elbows straight. First thing will be, maybe, you go from here to hovering the knees a tiny bit, like you did before. Now, if you're going to figure out that you're too short at a certain point, you can bring the knees down, move them back, re-stabilize, and then go back up. But you're going to start to play with, what would it be like to straighten one knee out while the other one hovers? And if the feet are too close to you, move them back. And then re-bend that knee and straighten the other one. Leave the feet where they are once you change the length. And then go back and forth. So what's it like to stabilize the arms? So let the spine stay pretty much as is. And just to fold and unfold the hip and knee. And then maybe at a certain point you can hover and hold with straight knees. Call this plank. Now at a certain point you might need that top of the abdomen muscle. And the ceiling's closing in on a lot of you. Push the floor away from you a bit more. Now if it's bothering your wrists, your elbows, your shoulders, your groin, the lower back, stop. Put your knees down. It's the same shape. Just with bent knees. You can work just as much. And once you figure that out, and you've had it with the plank, at any point, you flip back around, lie back down on your back. And go back to that constructive rest shape, knees bent, feet on the floor. Now, once you get there, back on your back, back to stillness and the breath. If your wrists, elbows, shoulders, lower back, back in the abdomen are bothering you, and that would mean something got ignored in favor of some choice that you felt you needed to do. And perhaps next time, let the need to do that go. And just back to your breath. Another exploration. Right leg, similar to what we did before. Feet hip distance, knees hip distance. 
Take your right hand to the crease of your right hip again, where it's folded. Just notice the degree to which it's folded. And come up onto the ball of the right foot. Keep the hip folded to the degree it is. Start to straighten your right knee out. And this time, keeping the thighs parallel with one another in space, straighten your right knee all the way out. Now, if it won't straighten out all the way, let the right thigh come down towards the ground a bit more, and then straighten the knee. Now, notice the lower back shape, shape of your spine. See if you can get the right thigh to fold towards you to a 90 degree angle. And as you fold the right hip to 90 degrees, you may have to bend your knee to get it to go there. Bend the knee as little as you need to, but enough to get the right hip folded to 90 degrees. Now this right hip is folded to 90 degrees with maybe a little bend in the knee. Probably a bend in the knee. Start to lower your right leg down towards the floor. Now if the knee is a little bit bent, as the leg lowers down towards the floor, straighten it out. So that the right leg technically ends up grazing the ground like a plank leg. And then bring the leg back up. And as it rises, if you need to bend the knee to get the hip folded to 90 degrees, then bend the knee. And keep going, up and down. Now if taking the leg up and down is bothering your groin, there's no point in exacerbating that if it's bothering your lower back or SI joints. There's no reason to do that. You can go back to constructive rest, back to the breath. We call that the most advanced practice. So if the primary focus is to get the hip to roughly 90 degrees, and to do that, the knee must bend, then bend the knee, because the hip is the priority, not the straightness of the knee. When you figure the right leg out and go to the left, it'll be stabilize the hips, pick the left foot up. You'll take it up and down. And I want you to notice the left leg is a totally independent experience from the right. The left hip, to get it to 90 degrees, it might need more of a bend in the knee. It might need less. But you need to know which leg requires the most bend because that's the one that will decide for both legs. I know it can look like just leg going up and down, but it carries wrist, and the groin and lower back. And it also can be done by just swinging the leg around like nothing or with a lot of work. We've learned a lot of where these muscles are. folded to 90 and how much knee bend is required. And you can put the foot back down on the ground and for a moment make some notes mentally. Once that leg is back down, decide which leg required the most amount of knee bend if either one did. If the leg that required you to bend the knee the most will be how much you bend both knees eventually. So now at this point, pick one foot up off of the floor, bend the hip to 90 degrees, pick the other foot up off the floor, bend the hip to 90 degrees. 
and then straighten your knees out to whatever degree allows your hip to stay folded at 90. Have your hips or feet, I'm sorry, feet roughly hip distance apart for you. Now if your feet angle out or one's asymmetrical, just make note of that. It's fine. You can even look at them with your eyes. What direction do they face? Are they asymmetrical? Allow them to be so. Just notice, okay, my hip is folded at 90. My knees are bent to whatever degree makes sense for me. My feet are facing XYZ direction. And then put your feet back down on the ground. Let the legs hang out at this point, but take your arms up to the ceiling. Take your arms up to the ceiling, right over top of your shoulders, same ideas. Ceiling is floor, distance apart for you, turn out for you. Now press the ceiling away from you, reach up for it. Reach up, just feel how the shoulder blades move around the rib cage as you do that. And then return the shoulder blades back to where you started. And keep doing it. Reach up, push up, notice, and then let them come back towards one another. So we'll call these scapular push-ups with straight elbows. So what is it like to let the shoulders move away from your spine? What's it like to get them back towards the spine? Now the next time you reach up and the shoulder blades move around the rib cage, take your arms up and overhead a few degrees. And as you take your arms overhead, reach. Try to make your leg, arms feel longer out of the sides of you. And then return the arms back up to the ceiling and let the shoulder blades return back to where they started. And then do it again. Push the ceiling up and over and start to reach up and over maybe a little further. Hands will stay your distance apart. And go back and forth, up and down. Now if it bothers your shoulder, hurts somehow in the elbow, the shoulder, your neck, Perhaps change your arm positioning, or return the arms to the floor, or keep holding them up to the ceiling. The end point would be when your arms are hovering off the floor, just in front of your ears, by your cheeks. You can move your arms with your breath, you can move them on their own. It feels like your rib cage is stuck to your sticky mat when your arms are coming overhead and scoot your rib cage back. So if anything, it feels like just because of the reaching of the arms, the lower back is actually closer to the ground. When you've figured out how to move the arms from what would be a table position to an overhead position, you can just return them back down, rest for a moment, come back to your breath. Back down, back to resting, feet hip distance, knees hip distance. Now you have a choice, if you wanted the prop and wanted to put the block between your thighs, you're always welcome to do that. To be a little more of your choices. So mimic all fours on your back, reach your arms up to the ceiling, get them in the position for you, stabilize the hips, stabilize the waist and the arms. You can come up onto the ball of one foot and then the other. Maybe you pick your feet up off of the ground so that you're in reclined table. 
Now from recline table, start to think about how straight your personal knees got as you start to take your arms up and overhead. So push the ceiling away, take the arms up and over, let your knees start to straighten out to the degree they do for you. Oh look, recline down dog. And then back to that table position, knees bend, hip would unfold so that the thighs were closer to the front of the mat. And then arms up and over and knees to your personal straightness. Go back and forth. Now if it's bothering your groin or lower back, there's no need to do it. Go to constructive rest or tip onto your side. You have a bolster. Welcome to make other choices. When you figure out how to go from reclined all fours to reclined down dog, say we could add an extra step to this. You can go back to resting. And then eventually, flip yourself over, up and over onto all fours, set your skeleton up. So just for distance purposes, put your hands down first, then straighten your legs out behind you into a full plank shape. Once you're in the full plank shape, your feet will be on the floor. Leave the feet fixed to the floor, just bend your knees and let them come down so that you're in the length that's appropriate for you. So hands your personal width and turn out. Your spine's personal neutral. And then start to stabilize. Work the arms first, forearm, upper arm, then waist, hips. And then consider hovering the knees up off the ground a few inches, maybe one or two. Now the knees are bent a lot. This is what you're doing on your back. So keep the knee fairly bent. The hips going to start to fold. Push the floor away from you and start to move back to down dog with your knees at your personal amount of bentness. Look at the feet, have them the distance apart, if they need to be a little asymmetrical or it feels wiser to have them turned, then go ahead, push the floor down, let the rib cage move backwards. Now can you go from this down dog-ish shape back to hovering the knees up off of the ground in that hover the knees table shape? And then back and forth. Now if this is not working, you have the option to do it on your back to be in constructive rest, to make personal choices for your body and its needs that work for you. Back and forth. How do you bend the knee, fold the hip to come to table, unfold the shoulder? How do you let the shoulder come to a place where your arms are overhead, your hip fold more, your knees unfold? All it is, like making fold and unfold origami. Flowing and moving in and out. Perhaps experiencing what it's like to hold a down dog. And when you've figured out how it works, whenever you're done, come back to lying down on your back. Take your time. So all the components of how those shapes are put together. 
lie back down in constructive rest. You can lie down with your legs out at this point. Whatever choice works for you. So, so far, a tremendous amount of work in the front line of the body, the stabilizers, in the shoulders, the forearms, the upper arms. A lot in this very narrow front back plane. What would it be like to go a different direction? So when you're ready, you can flip yourself to your side and either grab your blankets or your blocks or your bolster. This time you put it behind you in the same way, but you flip over onto your belly on it. So that pelvis and the chest are supported. You probably don't need blocks behind it necessarily. Lying down, pelvis supported, chest supported, and if it, when you lie down on this, it doesn't feel stable enough, adapt its position. I don't care which direction you're facing, it matters not to me at all. Seriously doesn't. And you just let your head come down however you want. So, so far you've been working the front line of the leg and all the stabilizers. So just knees bent and on the floor for now. Flip your feet like plank feet, or you can keep them like up dog feet, it doesn't matter. You can have them hip distance apart roughly, whatever works for you. Once you have that happening, just straighten your right knee out. Just the right one. It could be with the toes pointed or flexed, it's up to you. Now once you have a knee straight, you don't have to go terribly high. But just as an opposition, where are the muscles in the back of the leg, around the glute and the hamstring that lift the leg up off of the ground a tiny bit? You only have to really hover it at bolster or blanket height to find them. And then you can bring that right foot down, bend the right knee, straighten your left one, and lift it up off of the ground. You can go back and forth between sides, lifting the legs. You can keep both knees straight as you go if you want and just lift one and the other. Now again, if this is something that feels counterproductive in the lower back or SI joints, somewhere in the groin, please change the height you're lifting the legs or don't lift them at all. At a certain point, you want to attempt to fly both legs up off of the ground and challenge the roundness of the bolster. Can. You can also play with what would it be like to bend the knees and lift the knees up off of the ground. what you're going to do, what feels like productive work. Knowing work is relative. 
productive is relative. It's all personal for you. Call this belly side hovering plank. And when you're done moving the legs, you can just go back, rest, and focus on your breath for a moment. No rush to do it. No rush to be done. No rush to keep going. lifted the legs enough and scoot yourself up over the top of your props just a tiny bit like we did before just a little bit so that your chest and head are slightly hanging off the front edge you can position your legs either knees straight feet flipped like plank feet or you can have your knees straight toes like up dog just take your arms by your sides with your palms down Begin just with the upper body, so the muscles that run from the base of the pelvis or back of the sacrum all the way up the back, just to lift the chest and head up a bit. And then maybe lift the arms up so the backs of the arms start to work. You can have them wider than your torso if you want. And then back down, so just up and back down, working the musculature up the back line of the body. Now again, if this hurts in the SI joints or in your lower back, it's not where it's supposed to feel like anything. It's not wise, so don't lift as high, or you can always be done and flip over onto your back if you prefer that. You can change the arm positioning as you move up and down. You take the arms out to the side or you reach them up overhead. Maybe you explore what it would be like to lift the legs or to lift one at a time. Do an opposite arm and opposite leg. All just suggestions for you to explore the muscles up the back line of the body when mostly you've been exploring the ones up the front line and the sides. done or if you want to change or adapt what you're doing you're welcome to whenever you're finished you just make your way to a kneeling position you can sit up on the bolster now if kneeling doesn't work for you you can sit up on the bolster of the blankets in a cross-legged shape instead of kneeling which is something that makes it easy for you to sit up. You either close your eyes or fix them on a point. It's up to you. It's getting your spine to a fairly neutral place. And back to the breath. And 
Just reach your left arm up to the ceiling. Bring your right hand down to the floor next to you and tip up and over to the right side. Now as you tip up and over, you don't have to keep both sides of the pelvis anchored. And instead of looking to the left, oh my goodness, what would it be like to look to the right? What would it be like to turn the left side of the chest down towards the floor and to reach around towards the back of the room like there was something in the back seat of the car that you were looking for? And then come up and over and take your left hand down, right arm up and over, and you can explore. What's it like not just to tip to the side, but maybe to turn, to rotate the spine. Change the neck positioning. And go back and forth between sides. So navigate with your neighbor a little bit. Need to move forward, you can. If it hurts your SI joints or your lower back, it doesn't feel wise, you come back to letting the room move around you, much like the guy yelling outside as you watch your breath. Just moving in the lateral way, side to side with some rotation, something you have not done as of yet. Now some of you love this exploration stuff, some of you hate it. It's all impermanent, it will all go. If it's hurting you, don't do that. But if it's just something you really enjoy or something that is difficult for you, be with it and it will soon change to another activity. And when you're done, go back to being still and make a choice to be in whatever shape you want to remain for the rest of class, be it something you would call classic Shavasana shape or lying down in constructive rest, or lying with your knees together, or knees apart, feet together, or knees knocked in, or seated, whatever you'd like. And choose one shape to be in. Just something that feels wise and sustainable to you. It's what you like, what you want to work with. Once you've made that choice, you can either close the eyes or fix them on a point. And again, you go from the outside, noises outside of yourself. One choice of focal point to make. You could choose to pay attention to the contact your body has with surface. To a quality of your breath as you hold still. to just the breath as it exists. There are all aspects of what's happening here and now, which one you choose is up to you. When your mind wanders, the idea is to come back to your chosen focal point. The steadiness of choice, the steadiness of the here and now, perhaps gets a little more refined.
choose to move your breath a little more deeply. Pay attention to that. You can choose to move a little bit. If you're lying down, move a little bit until you make your way up to some seated shape. You can choose to pay attention to the sounds and movement around you as you hold still. It's up to you. Just expand out from your own personal experience personal focal point to all the other aspects of what's happening around you. And those of you that are lying down, eventually you'll make your way up to seated. But again, staying here and now as best you can, and knowing when you wander as well. Wandering is not bad, just have to know when it's time to come back. you're upright and either turn your eyes down or focus them on a point or let them close. And turn your hands together. If you'd like, you can bow the head down. Ready, head up, eyes open. Namaste.